0: on this Feelman & Hooley We Tackle Life podcast.
1: Who's a player for Ohio State that we used to have fun with that every time he got the ball, he shot it. Every single time. It was about 10 years ago, maybe.
0: Oh, Tony Stockman,
1: probably. No. No? No. If I hear his name, I thought he was a left-hander. That wasn't, oh shoot. If I hear his name, but I remember every time he got the ball, we were doing it. We were working on the fan together. the first go around, I'll have leaving. to uh, check the the rosters. Yo, see. you, I just got to know who that was okay. because every time he got it, it was going up, man. No matter what, I we don't. We don't have to check the rosters. We have a Twitter to, yeah. posse that can tell us who that was. That was awesome that we got that. Yes. I actually, liked that tweet. Deshaun Thompson. Deshaun Thomas. Thomas. The guy yeah. said Thompson, but it was uh, Tom, Tom. He wasn't shy
0: about shooting. No, was he? he was not. <laughs> That's he was an eager <laughs> beaver. Like, I loved it. Though. He uh,
1: took catch and shoot literally. Yeah. Once he caught it, he shot it. He, but he he did it with. I mean, I, I respect people like that if they know their scores. And Deshaun had a pretty decent career, and I don't know if he played up in Europe or played not. In Europe, but uh, good Europe. for him, man. Yeah, maybe he'll run into Caleb Wesson over in Europe next year. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. How are you? I'm good. Happy, I'm not as good uh, as Ryan
0: Day. I'm not a six million dollar man.
1: No. Uh, Woo wee. Well, good for him. He's I mean, already
0: a six, almost a six million dollar man. Yes, Ryan well, Day, congratulations. You're going to get your three-year extension, as predicted here on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast, because yeah. I went back and I found a video yesterday that I put on SI.com, uh, as Ohio State page, where I said, look, they're going to give him an extension, and you said when the NFL wants him, eh, no amount of money is going to make the NFL go away.
1: I agree with that, and especially now when we're closing in on a new CBA where the NFL is going to set a record as its players share that. in revenue. Right now they're going to be at 48%, which... uh is more revenue shared than any other sports league yeah. with the ability to go up to 48.5%. Uh, now, you might think that a 0.5% jump isn't that big, but we're, we're not talking millions. We're talking billions. Five billion. This is a $5 billion raise, raise. basically, yeah. for players. And if they don't sign this, and I don't know what J.J. Watt's thinking, then they're crazy uh, not to sign this. So this is something to keep our eye on. And, I think I'm happy because it says that the NFL is a healthy sport and that uh, the revenue is healthy, and there's a demand for it, and good. The players are slightly under 50%, which I think is is fair. Absolutely, and $5 billion
0: divided among the players, that's great. 17 games will be locked in for 10 years. Um, It barely passed the little subcommittee or whatever that it had to pass to get to the players, but I think they're far more – anonymous players who aren't making J.J. Watt-type money than there are J.J. Watt-type players, so I think it'll pass, and it should pass, and it's a relief to fans and everybody that um, there won't be an interruption, and it'd be silly to be an interruption. It's a cash cow. It's making money for everybody.
1: Well, I mean, you have to look at that, I mean, and the owners have proven in the past that they're not afraid to lock out players. I think one of the other issues that hasn't been talked about as much but was a big deal a few years ago was that You know, Roger Goodell was judge, jury, and executioner, Mm -hmm. and I think now they're going to have an independent party be the one to hand down the penalties or suspensions or what have you.
0: Back to Ryan Day for a second. uh, He had four years left on his deal. Why do you think they extended him three years through 2026? uh, If he fulfills the terms of the entire contract— He'll have completed eight years as Ohio State's head coach. He'll be 47 years old. 47 is plenty young enough to go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think Why do you think, first of all, they gave him a three-year extension with four years to run?
1: Well, I think they realize what type of coach that they have. And for a guy to take over when he did, when the situation happened with Urban Meyer last year and the smooth transition that it was and how well he handled it, Okay, uh, he's he's shown us something, right? So everything basically for Ryan Day was a tryout, and the team that he put together this year with the questions at quarterback and going making it to the college football playoff, um, thought you know a game they probably should have won, they didn't win. But I think they understand that when you have a good young coach, you do everything you can to lock him down, and they're not idi- idiots. Whatever they could afford, uh, I don't know if there's going to be NFL teams. Uh every NFL team isn't going to be willing to come in and give a coach that kind of money. I was so going to ask you they, is he
0: making NFL money now? I mean he was he made 5.2 2 million last year.
1: He's making equal or a little bit more than some a lot of NFL yeah. guys are are making and you know you can't have Jim Harbaugh uh if you're Ohio State you can't be paying Jim Harbaugh more than you are. Ryan Day, and the other thing what it does is helps in recruiting, right, when you have yeah. a guy that's that's six years down the road. Yeah. I mean, that's that certainly uh, establishes one thing we've always talked about at the two positions where you want to have stability on a football organization, whatever level, would be the quarterback and the head coach. Everybody, everybody else is interchangeable, but the quarterback and the head coach must be stable, must be consistent, and must uh, send a message uh, that, this is the direction that we're going in college football. The head coach is more important because of the constant changeover every three or four years with the starting quarterback.
0: As I looked at the deal, and there's all it's it's a little complicated to figure out. Well, how much did he get uh, a raise over last year? Because a he made 400 grand in bonuses last year. Yeah. Plus he probably made some of the academic bonuses. I don't track that. I don't write about academic bonuses because the guys paid to win football games. It doesn't matter yeah. really. They say the academics matter. It's all look at the bonuses like a hundred grand for academics well, and a half a million for winning football games
1: I mean so, there's a little bit to that there's a little a, bit there's you don't want
0: guys coming up ineligible by the way does anybody ever come up ineligible anymore when's the last time you heard of a college football player or basketball player being ineligible.
1: That's because there's excellent support systems. Yeah, exactly. Sure it is. No, why don't you why are you so
0: cynical <laughs> like, on that? no player across the entire country slacks off academically. First of
1: all, like when when I was playing, we had one guy that was responsible for academic advisors. Shout out Larry Romanoff. The great Larry Romanoff. I think
0: he still works there, but I don't know if he's still policing no, the academics.
1: But, uh, but a good man and and you know good what man, I Good man Larry Romanoff. The, what I loved about Larry was that he took his job very serious. Yes, he did. and, and yeah, I mean, he took it personal. You know what? You know what I learned words, to respect him as I left.
0: I'm going to give you even a more. word. Even more. I'm going to give you a word to describe Larry Romanoff, and you tell me. Oh, gee, I hope it's not a politically incorrect word now, but we're in a podcast, so nobody can fire us. Fuss budget.
1: I don't even know what that means. Really?
0: A fuss budget? you never
1: heard of a fuss budget? No, I mean,
0: what are you talking about? A dude? fuss budget is somebody who's, like, <laughs> obsessive about something larry romanoff was a and in that job academic advisor you need a fuss budget right you need a guy who's like onto i remember i remember larry romanoff one time in the late 80s there was a linebacker not you late 80s on the team who had started, and he was in academic peril. And Larry Romanoff is a practice, There's just no way. There's just no way. No way. No way this kid's going to be eligible. Of course he was eligible.
1: Oh, that's just Larry's personality. There's just no (laughs) way we can get this kid eligible. That's Larry's personality because he took it personal, and each kid was his own, and that's what I loved about him. But the point I'm making back when I played, we had one guy right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, they do a tremendous job of having a support system uh, around them. And just uh, for an example – um, when my son transferred from a Division one school, Toledo to a Division three school in, in Wheaton, I remember talking with the head coach at Wheaton. I said, "Well, you know at Toledo they had a, a tutors and academic sports system set up. He <laughs> goes, what, what, I go, "What do you have here at Wheaton?" He says, "Well, Chris, you know what I do At the end of uh, uh, practice, I gather anybody up and I say, "No, having trouble with chemistry." Go see Riley and Buck and Duke over there. They're excellent at chemistry. That's your (laughs) academic support system. Your teammates are your academic support system. So good for everybody involved. And uh, I'll tell you, winning, uh, everybody prospers when you win, Bruce. Everybody prospers. Absolutely. I guess
0: Harbaugh will make a tad more than Ryan Day. But, look, if they have another season like they just had, they'll probably bump him up again. And that's just how it works. And congratulations to him. Uh, Okay, Joe Burrow, uh, he's going to be – going to be participating in the uh, new five billion dollar raise it's for, for annabelle players at some point in time and joe burrow i guess must listen to the we tackle life podcast we said how he could get away from all these perceptions that he didn't want to play for the cincinnati Bengals by saying look i'm not going to presume the Bengals are taking me number one and that's exactly what he said yesterday and they said are you going to play for the Bengals?" they picky because of course i'm a baller it's what i do i play yeah. ball
1: well, somebody might have got to him, and the only thing that was a little disheartening about that whole press conference was he referred to that everybody, uh, we were making things up, people in the media were making mm. things up, or you're just saying this, you're, yeah. you're creating a controversy. No, it was the passive-aggressive yeah. approach by Joe and the passive-aggressive approach by his father. Nobody made anything up. Your words were not – I mean, that's the thing. I think media people and people that follow sport are so much more savvy now because of social media and the mm-hmm. awareness and, and, and being educated on what players like to say. It makes it more difficult for a crisis manager or slash media coach to have these people give the right answer. And, and so I think they try to go that passive-aggressive approach – it didn't work. He was getting some blowback, and they said, wait a second here. You know, We just, we just need to say who you really are, Joe. Everybody knows, yeah. as Joe is, is a, a quote-unquote baller, and so if the Bengals draft you, I mean, that might be tough luck, but that's who's drafting you. I think he might have wanted If you want to make a stand, then you make a stand. Just say, I'm making a stand. I'm not playing for Cincinnati. But then he's going to offend pretty much a whole half the state of Ohio. Yeah. I think
0: he wanted to plant a seed to – maybe get the Bengals to trade the pick. But the seed grew bigger than they thought it would. So, And then he was like, I don't want to be that guy. I'm not ready for the Eli Manning stuff. I'm not ready for the John Elway stuff. I'm not going to be that much of a diva. So I'm just going to go do it.
1: So in the NFL consulting business that we could operate here. Two uh, men in a basement. Free of charge right now. Hopefully it'll take off. Yes. Would have said, Joe... That's your agent's job to make that, plant that seed. Yeah. That's not your job. Your job is to go out in front of the camera and say, I love the ball, and whoever drafts me, that's who I'm balling for. But behind the scenes, let your agent do the talking. Let them do the manipulation or the negotiating or whatever you want to call it. It's all the same thing. Then when it comes down to crunch time, make the Bengals make a decision. And, and either they're going to call your bluff or they're not going to call your bluff. One of the two is going to happen. You get out there and be uh, Joe quarterback, all-American. That's, right. That's it. That's right. Joey Football. There you go.
0: If the Cincinnati Bengals could get the Carolina Panthers drafting 7th to give them their first-round pick, Cam Newton, and another first-round pick next year. Would the Bengals deal that pick or if the Panthers the Bengals say we don't want Cam Newton cuz he's not going to be happy in Cincinnati which he would not be. No. Uh we'll take your first-round pick the next 3 years should the Cincinnati Bengals yes. make that deal. Yes. One first-round pick every then, year yeah. for 3 years.
1: Yeah, then yes.
0: I see online uh, many people now believe your Detroit Lions at 3 will not take Jeff Okuda, will not take Isaiah Simmons, but will take
1: Tua Tungavaloa. Well, I think there's what what I'm hearing and it could be false and this actually uh from somebody I know up there that uh, Matt Matthew Stafford's wife sometimes sends out subliminal message very She's active a on, social media person, yeah. Very active on social media and it's just again uh, this kind of Messages about Matthew's health, and I, 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 if he's healthy, they're not even. He's still a young man and a very productive quarterback, and was having a great year. So he's only what thirty-two years old, which in twenty years ago that would be old for a quarterback. Yes. Now it's, he's almost entering his prime year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I, and I don't know if I draft Tua to Tunga Viola at three unless I'm absolutely sure about his health, the one thing that he has over his hang, hanging over his head, Bruce, is I would be concerned about he's been injury-prone. I mean, he's had yeah. injuries. Maybe their thought is
0: we'll keep Stafford another year, and then Tua will just let Tua get better, and then we'll go with Tua in 2021. Well,
1: and the benefit of that, of course, is – and the benefit of the Bengals, too, is they can get a franchise – why you wouldn't uh, trade that pick, you get a franchise quarterback – Right now under the current CBA, you get that kid for five years, Yeah, right? And so that's the benefit of drafting a quarterback number one overall and the extra benefit, of course, if he pans out to play like a number one pick overall and he is your franchise guy.
0: Okay, franchise quarterback Baker Mayfield Browns. Uh, Yesterday there's always Baker Mayfield drama, although this was not generated by Baker Mayfield. This is my longtime personal friend Tony Grossi with ESPN Cleveland, and Tony's at the combine. And on a mic that he did not know was on, he uh, made a character. Uh, he made it. He characterized Baker Mayfield in a way that uh, offended many people. I would argue this. Uh, he he, he called. Can I say the
1: effin' midget? Can I
0: say okay? So I was going to ask you if I could say the M word. Here's what I don't get about the word midget. Okay, if you're a if you're a little person, which I guess is the preferred. Is it really less condescending for people to call you a little know. a little person than a midget? This is my beef with this kind of thing. Is we decide this label's good in this era, but then in, now it's insensitive, so right. we have to have a different. Got to be educated. So is it like dwarf? Is it midget? Is it little person? I, I mean, I know, I know, it's not midget, but it's like people get all the faux outrage over the term midget. Yeah. Is, and listen, if I were a dwarf, <laughs> you're going to deal—if you're different in, in the world, in any capacity, you're going to get um, people speaking about you in derogatory ways. You just are. Okay. So do you—Mahatma Gandhi had a great quote. I found it the other day. I will not let anyone's dirty feet walk through my brain. Mm-hmm. In other words, words are words and you choose to empower the person with words. Sure. I've made this comment many times about we talk about it with our everything. girls
1: all the time. Don't let somebody else define yeah.
0: you. Yeah, so anyway, okay, so Tony Grossi, uh, effing midget, and it's wrong, I'm not defending Tony. What I what I have a problem with is, on Twitter, all these people are oh, so outraged. First of all, you're fans of Baker Mayfield, and you don't like Tony, I get that, and that's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. But the irony of this is, you are pushing Tony down to raise yourself up gloating over his suspension by ESPN Cleveland. And what he did was push somebody down to raise himself up with the with the effing midget. Same coming. thing. You're yeah. doing the exact same thing that you're supposedly so outraged that he did.
1: Well we we tend to and I've gotten better at this over the years and it's I had to take a hard look at myself. And it's, it's a problem for me in our society that I always see one of the things that, uh, people elevate themselves or make them feels, uh, feel, make themselves feel better is that they celebrate somebody else's misery or they celebrate somebody else's demise. Um, I think you have, if, so if you comment on what Tony said, I mean, that's just wrong. You don't, you got. If you're going to be a pro, then be a pro, then don't make things personal. I mean, when we comment on Baker Mayfield, our whole approach was questioning judgment. It's not calling him names or making a derogatory statement. And the other thing is you don't blame Trump and what he does and his behavior Is well. It's because the president does it. That's why other people do. If you can't be an individual <laughs> and understand how to act and treat people, that's on you. Everything is on you. You have to be able to control what you say about people. And, and that, I mean, that, that's a spiritual realm. That's yep. a Holy Spirit thing. And, you know, I've certainly evolved over the years, and I hope other people evolve over the years, that I don't like to celebrate other people's misery. I don't like it when, uh, for example, somebody gets popped on a drug test and they miss six games or somebody struggles with mar- marijuana or uh, with Kareem Hunt. I mean, I feel sorry for Kareem Hunt on that video. I feel sorry for Josh Gordon. I don't celebrate his demise. I feel sorry for Antonio Brown. I do. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it because here's somebody that has so much ability and all this stuff, and then to see some of the choices and decisions he makes, I don't celebrate that. It saddens me. And, it, you know, I've not always been like this. But fortunately, I evolved from being a caveman and, and being able to think for myself and and not celebrate the demise or the, or, or the circumstances that some people put themselves in. Instead, I sympathize with them. I, I don't know which is worse because I don't like being sympathetic all the time, but I find myself being sympathetic all the time. Pretty soon, I'll be crying at commercials. Look, Tony's been a longtime
0: friend of mine, so I will acknowledge that my opinion on this is rooted in my personal affinity for him as a guy. Um, so I just want you to understand that while you're so happy about this and while you're celebrating this, you know, this is a guy who has a uh, a lovely wife and two beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. He's got bills to pay. He's got kids in private. He's, Tony orders his life in a way – that he's trying to do the th- the right things as a dad and a husband. And there's a cost to this if he loses his job. You're going to celebrate, but I'm telling you there's a cost to this and at the age that he is, it's not great for him in the future job market. So, you know, to me that's like a, this was a big mistake. He admitted the mistake, he apologized yesterday, but you know, we're going to whatever the pound of flesh is, I don't know. Well, What's disappointing to me is having uh, Tony's at that station. Because I went in and made the case that they should hire him.
1: That's see, you're personally invested. I in am. This.
0: So, but here's my deal: I worked at that station. I know the management at that station. I know who's f- who has favored nation status there and who does not. And I know that there are people at ESPN Cleveland who could have done exactly what Tony Grossi did yesterday, and there would have been absolutely no discipline for it because there have been people at ESPN Cleveland who've done worse. Things than Tony Grossi so, did yesterday and there was absolutely no discipline for it and anybody who listens to that station knows exactly what I'm talking about and they know exactly who I'm talking about so, and I have no issue with either one of the guys I'm talking about and I'm sure they'll attack me because I said this but it's the reality of the situation and if you're going to run your business the right way and you're going to advertise that you treat everybody the same way, then you should treat everybody the same way. And that is flat out not the way it's done there.
1: Okay. Well, you just said I back. lived it. <laughs> you're like, just dropped the mic on me.
0: I lived it that way. I'm just telling you. That's my. Should all employees be treated the same if you say you treat all employees the same? Yes. Okay. That's but, not the way it's but that's done not,
1: there. No, but it's not the way it's done in most places. In the real world, place. it's not done. No, it's not it's done. It's not that fair. Way. Nothing's fair. All right. Here, here's the thing. You're you're coming at this because you're personally invested, and you have some emotions.
0: I've made the same mistake he's made, and, and so my have question I. is: my question is, is it worth a guy losing his career over it's, a two second lapse in judgment? I would argue no.
1: I would argue no, too. But there's also going to be if you're put yourself on the other argument. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I agree with you. I don't think you should lose your career. He made a mistake. He screwed up. He's apologized. He's apologized. Move on. Uh, the question is: Okay, can he still do his job? And, and in that job, you have to be judgmental. But can we trust him enough not to be so personal with Baker Mayfield? I think he has to. He's got
0: do to do a lot of work yeah, in that area. He, yeah. And Here's my thing. If well, if I'm not done yet. Okay.
1: So my point to you is, Bruce, is that you have to look at from their side of point of view. Are we going to have accountability? Does Tony understand that he's going to be held accountable? I know that when I go on Fox and I go on live TV, Mm -hmm. there's something that I could say that can get me fired either on the air or immediately after the game. I know that going in every single time. So we all know the rules going in. Tony knows the rules. He's been in this game for 50 years or whatever it's been. He understands the rules. If he gets fired, he has nobody to blame but Tony Grossi. I don't want him to get fired. I don't think it's a fireable offense. I think he's very good at his job. I follow him. I listen to him. I watch a thing on Sports Time Ohio with him and Jim and and, uh, Deacon. Yep. And I think he's very good at his job. But we all are held accountable when we work for somebody else, as you've learned and as I've learned. Yep. So uh, I just want to say, and you're looking at it because you see a piece of you in Tony Grossi. Yeah, you and see, I know, the, I know yeah. his wife and I know his kids, yeah, and I so don't want to see them I the I don't want to see this. that either. Nobody yeah. does. But you know what? In life, some people make mistakes, and some there is accountability. And I just said, I don't want to see Tony Grossi fired because then I'm celebrating somebody's demise. I don't want that. But if he is fired... I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, they absolutely made the wrong decision because if that's their rules, then you, you play by the rules. Yeah, That's it. That's I mean, that's the, the, the bad thing about this whole situation. But uh, if the whole thing is stop making it personal.
0: Yeah. The thing that I would say to anybody who wants to act like this is such an outrageous thing to say about Baker Mayfield is you tell me honestly, when Baker Mayfield's thrown an interception that cost your team a game, have you not reacted in a worse way? So if you can be dispassionate... Now, I know you're not in the same situation as Tony, and we've gone deep... Thank you for clarifying We've gone deep into this enough. Uh, I just... Look, he made a mistake. He apologized. I would move on. I Maybe keep him off the beat for a week or two or whatever and then bring him back and and then just say, you know, last chance, no more, zero
1: tolerance policy, that kind of stuff. All right. Is it possible, could it be possible... That they would look at this and say, "Well, there's no way that he can do a, a, the right job because everybody within that organization is going to shun him."
0: I don't know what they're thinking. Is that possible? It's possible? They will. It's possible. Have you they... ever
1: been shunned by a group or a team or an organization? Have I ever been? Um... Besides Jose Marie Olathabo out at Mirfield. <laughs> No, but I had a
0: guy in Miami who was a competing, I had to clarify this, I had a guy who worked at the Miami Herald, no, excuse me, he worked at, uh, he worked at another newspaper, it was not the Herald, who went to Mark Clayton, Clayton got in trouble with Shula because of uh, somebody ratted Clayton out for being in a club, and you know me, am I going to be the guy in the club to see Mark Clayton, like, what are the chances of that, like, Zippo, this guy from the other, right out. Club this, can't this, handle me now. This guy from the you know, other paper. I know yeah. Club can't handle me now. All right, go ahead. This guy from the other paper, from another newspaper, competing paper, went to Mark Clayton and said that I outed him to Don Shula. <laughs> and all of a sudden, for like two days, like Clayton and Duper. Finally, Duper told me, "Big He's like, deal, yeah. you outed Clayton," and I'm like, "Huh?" So I had to like straighten that out with. Believe me, I straightened it out with the reporter. But no, I've never been shunned. Okay. So,
1: is there a, a, I guess my thing is if I'm ESPN management, do I look at it, well, does this event affect how Tony can do his job?
0: I don't think it does because Tony's in the opinion business and he can give opinions. And, you know, the access now is such that you don't very rarely get, you don't, you rarely get to go in and talk to guys one on one. There are podiums and yeah. stuff like that. So he can hear the quotes from them that they give to other people, people and, I don't think so. First of all, it, people say, well, you know, Baker Mayfield stalked out of an interview with Tony Gre-. Yeah, well, that was Baker's fault. Those were fair questions about how a drive was run at the end of a, end of a half, and Baker got mad and, and walked out. Yeah. So <laughs> don't put that on Tony. He was asking the right questions. All right, we move on. uh is the uh, email address, podcast at gmail.com, Spielmanhooliepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Patreon for those of you who've said, hey, you know, can we contribute to the podcast? We are on Patreon, but, you know, if you want to find, it's a great way to follow us and get insider posts on the podcast and things like that. Uh, Mr. Spielman has a engagement to get to, so we'll get to the email address. Do you want to say where you're going or not?
1: Yeah, i am actually uh, been invited to speak at a faith meeting uh, down at the state capitol with uh, some of our elected representatives, uh, some state senators and state uh, representatives, uh, Hopefully it's a, I think it's a bipartisan uh, group of people getting together. So I'm looking forward to uh, sharing some thoughts with them. And I think the big message that I want to get across, if you don't mind me sharing. A little preview. I was thinking about this driving out here and actually I was up this morning at five o'clock. Okay. What can I say to a bunch of politicians? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I thought this, I said, in every part of our life, if you're involved with government or you're elected official we have to learn to have some type of compromise, have to. Mm -hmm. In marriage, do we have compromise? In relationships, Mm -hmm. we have compromise. When you and I put this podcast together, there had to be some compromise for it to work. The only place where there can be no compromise is from a biblical standpoint. Either you believe the Bible or you don't. That's right. Now, how you handle... Difficult situations uh, doesn't mean if you're uncompromising in some difficult situations that come up or situations that come up uh, biblically that you can't agree with, you can still disagree with love and understanding. So that's the message Mm -hmm. that I hope to convey. But there is compromise that needs to happen in any relationship, in any society for that society to prosper and gain. That is my opinion, and I'm Chris Spielman, and I approve that message.
0: Very nice. (laughs) I'd love to watch that. Can I watch that on a webcam or not? That sounds really good. I hope I can. Uh, Speaking of webcams, here's uh, Brian and Charlotte. Emails the show, com. I love the podcast. Glad you're back. Two questions. Is there any way I can hear the show live through a website? Well, we could Facebook live it. But then if we say something stupid, then we can't ax it out, and there'll be people out there recording it so they can – do a gotcha on us. I don't know. We'll don't pursue care. that. He says, "Can you I mean, explain?" Gotcha. <laughs> this is fitting today. He goes, "Can you explain why you left WKNR?" No real reason was given, and as usual, the station kind of just ignored it when you left. uh I turned on the show one day and you weren't on, and nobody on the air really explained it. Thanks, Brian. Well, That's how
1: radio works, though, isn't
0: it? Yeah, but I, it was on the air. They, Tony Rizzo, was very kind. He put me on the really big show. I, I quit to go to the Zone. I had mm-hmm. a new job at the Zone. You.
1: Back to you and I were
0: coming where I was coming back. I didn't want to live in Cleveland anymore, yeah. and uh, actually, they were kind enough to me to uh, allow me to work from home the last two years that I was there. So I just went out yeah. on isolated cases. But now I had another job. Riz put me on the air, and uh, Riz let me say goodbye on the air, which is something you don't really often get the chance to do. Who's? But once that, once I was, once they said, once I said goodbye, they're not going to like keep going back and saying, oh. Is this is Brian? This is Brian, yes.
1: Here so Brian, here's the thing. If I ever say Bruce, I think I got an or Brian, I got an opportunity for you at Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. I've been promised that this new sports radio station is going to be committed to for three years of, they three, said. Three, three years we're going to go into it. Yep. Don't believe me. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that was the right move. I'm glad we did it. I know. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh David, via our Facebook page, Spielman Hooley Facebook page, says I want to start by saying First year ever watching Buckeye football was 1986, and to this day, Chris Spielman's my all-time favorite Buckeye. My question as a lifelong Browns fan is about the offensive line. Do you think the Browns should draft a tackle and pick one up in free agency to try to get both tackles
1: in the draft? Love the show. Keep up the good work. Yes and yes. I think there's as got many tackles to be. as they can get. You can get as many offensive linemen as you can get, absolutely. Yeah, I would
0: take best player available at 10, and Chris, uh, I believe, agrees with that. I think
1: a tackle could be the best player available at 10 with uh, that kid from Georgia we talked about. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Dan in Minnesota emails the show. I wanted to say thank you for the discussion on Friday's show about standing on your principles without having to avenge. I've struggled with this in my life over small things. (laughs) He says like how to fold socks and large things, religion. This did speak to me about how I need to be better and how I react. Uh, This got me to think about how social media makes us look to others, especially as it relates to sports, religion, and politics. People are so firm in their view that it brings out the worst in us. This is where Mm -hmm. I'll give Bruce some honest feedback, as I am a follower of him on Twitter. What I see on Twitter and things you post or retweet does not match the person I hear on the podcast. It's like you're two different people. For example, you're quick to call out people that tend to lean towards Democrat. But I never see you do that for people who are more Republican, that do things that are not Christ-like. makes you look like a hypocrite. This is similar to how fans of sports teams think their team can do no wrong, but call out other teams for doing the same thing. I bring this up because your discussion on Friday called me to reevaluate how I manage and react on social media. Mm. And I, too, am a different person on Twitter. So for Lent, I'm going to give up responding to tweets and things I don't agree with in principle. And if I need to type something, I will send a DM to myself so that I can fill that void of responding. Perhaps you might not see yourself as different, but it comes across that way, at least to me. So I wanted to share that since you guys really connected with me last week.
1: I actually agree with him. That's
0: a great email.
1: I actually agree with him on you on Twitter. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that I agree with him that you. I mean, you're very passionate about certain things. I think one of the things you're passionate about is you're uh, you're you're concerned, like many, myself included, about if okay if we elect a socialist president, yep. you're concerned about the country and which direction it will go. I think it's how you can respond without calling somebody in a name, and maybe respond with facts and the benefits of. I try
0: no. not to call them names. Did the, I say Idi-, did I say uh, yeah, idiot or he's, idiotic? He's, yeah,
1: or it yeah, comes something he something that it comes across is uh, it comes across <clears throat> you're not damn ba- who I follow. Bon Bongino, you're not damn Bongino who goes after it. And I don't I don't think that's how you win hearts and minds. But that you know, I here's what I th- here's what I would tell you. I think you're a gifted orator uh, and a gifted writer. I really. I think you have a way of words. I wouldn't have trusted you with my life story if I didn't believe in your ability to put thoughts on the paper. I think that you are so passionate about what you feel that your response on Twitter sometimes is emotional and immediate and not thought out. Where I think on Twitter, and I've done that in airport Twitter, then I've gotten in trouble and I've learned my lesson. Yep. And when my boss told me, stop tweeting. So I stopped tweeting on certain things. But I think you can be so much more effective if you go opposite what the norm is. The norm is to attack, to name-call, degrade, debilitate, humiliate. That's the norm. If you come at it with like 1 Peter 3.15 with gentleness and respect, and you're so gifted with putting words and you can make words in uh, in, in comprehensible or compre, uh, <clears throat> comprehensive com- comprehensive sentences so I so people understand you can make such strong arguments and I think this is a convicting email and I it's think good. he's exactly right okay and I and for you and I are uh, adamant about our, our our pro-life stance yes there's no compromise on pro-life. We don't have that choice in our opinion. Uh, to end life or not end life. That doesn't exist in our world. But there's, when you see something, you get so passionate about it that sometimes your response is angry. And so when you response, your response is anger, what that does to the other person is automatically make them take a deeper stance in their response.
0: Okay, I'm going to go back and look at my timeline and I'm going to see through this prism where I screwed up and I'm going to redouble my efforts cuz I have made an effort. There are times I have stuff on there and it I take it off. There's times I have tweets on my screen and I don't tweet them.
1: Oh, well, I'm sure. Um, I am so sure I, of I that I thank
0: you for the email. I thank you for your input because I don't want to be that. I will try to be more thoughtful, understanding and I I am not going to not be pro-life on Twitter. <laughs> I am not going to be pro American values and the values my dad fought for in in the European theater to uphold. You mean you're not gonna be anti American
1: American values. Yeah, I'm
0: not gonna be pro-socialism.
1: Right. Uh, but I guess but I will
0: try to be it in a way that is intelligent, factual, factual, and thought provoking in terms of well, I never looked at it that way. Okay, so here I'll give you an example. Last night in the debate, I think, I saw this on Twitter this morning, Elizabeth Warren called out Mike Bloomberg for telling a pregnant employee to, quote, kill it, okay? Well, she just voted no on a bill that would protect babies born alive during an attempted abortion. She just voted no on protecting them. I see no intellectual consistency in that position. So there's a way I could do it on Twitter wrong, to point that out, and I hope there's a way to do it right, because I just, here's my thing. People said, so you're a pro-Trump guy. I said, no, I'm not a pro-Trump guy. I am a pro-life guy.
1: And pro-American. And pro-American. <laughs>
0: the Democratic Party gives me no option as a candidate to be pro-life. None. They give me no option. Right. So I will always vote for a pro-life candidate over a non-pro-life candidate. Right. Always. Because I don't believe when I get to heaven that God will say anything to me about— my economic policy or my this policy or my that policy. But if I don't protect innocent, unborn life, I will and should have to answer for that. Mm-hmm. And so that is why I am passionately pro-life. So
1: why can't you, with that message, use that as Twitter? That's you what can't kill it if, if we're not acknowledging that life. <laughs> yeah. <So laughs> yeah. Life
0: begins at conception. Life does not begin when the mom decides this is a choice I want to make. Right. It's just, to me, that's just nonsensical.
1: So I, I guess my point is I, I I think you waste I think you would be different if you come at it from a sensible, factual point of view as opposed to, you know, when your frustration yeah. comes out. It's almost going back to Tony Grossi. Yeah. If he would have thought about what he said before he said it and what's a better way to say it and how can I win hearts and minds by attacking somebody else with the belief that uh senator warren may have or belief that Buttigieg may have or belief that bernie sanders may have or do i come at him with facts and and what's worked and what's not worked in the past yeah you that's to, great
0: thank you dan thank you dan i appreciate Thanks for we, and convicting
1: we, bruce and yeah
0: <laughs> and we want i want to be convicted i want to be authentic
1: you are authentic. Well, I'm off,
0: uh, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I screw it up. No, and, uh, I we never, all do. Yeah, so I want to continue that. We got three minutes before you have to get out of yeah. here because I don't want to make you late. So, uh, what do you have uh, on the
1: faith realm? Well, even though we've we kind of delved a, into that. A family bit. text. In uh, this is how lucky of a guy I am. I've married two women that are that have a bigger heart for Christ than they do for me. And that's such a blessing. So she sent this last night about 11. Ash Wednesday is tomorrow. Lent starts. That's the title of the Mm -hmm. text. Lent is the season of reflection and preparation before the celebrations of Easter. By observing the 40 days of Lent, we as Christians replicate Jesus Christ's sacrifice and withdrawal into the desert for 40 days. Take some time to think about what it means to be a follower of Christ. And just that little message right there is um, a reminder for me that I know where my wife's heart is. I knew where Stephanie's heart is. And for her to take the time to send that out to the kids to let them know that, hey, Lent is something very important. It's a reflection. It's a time of repentance. It's a time of understanding what was given up for you for 40 days. And it's not spend eight hours a day in your Bible or spend eight hours a day in a church building. It's just understand what was given up for you. And understand that when Jesus was in the wilderness, he was also tempted, just like you will be tempted. And he overcame temptation, just like he'll give you the tools to overcome temptation.
0: And the tools he used were to quote scripture. So, so you got to be in the Word to know yeah. how to fight back.
1: But just, just the, uh, the, the care and the love enough to just send a text, yeah, to remind uh, her kids, my kids, our kids, yeah. the re- importance of Lent. Lucky guy.
0: Text messaging is a great way to encourage people. I try to send a text when I'm in, a, in prayer in the morning and I'm thinking of someone, I try to shoot them a text. I do that. great yeah. way. You are very good at that, too. Absolutely. All right. Good luck with Me your... Me, too. Me, too. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with your uh, address this morning. I'll uh,
1: but that's look a, forward to hearing about You that. know, you, you agree great with message. that. You agree with that, right? I absolutely. You do. got to compromise, yes. man. You have to. Except on principle. Except, Except on, on biblical. biblical principles. On yeah. biblical
0: truth. Biblical truth. Thank you, sir. That's, sir. And Dan, thank you for your email. Keep them coming. Spielman Hooley Podcast at gmail.com.